0: This episode of Ladies Who Punt is brought to you by Inglis. Inglis has had over a century of turf champions go through their sales rings and now with their Pink Bonus Series there has never been a better time for women to join in on the fun of racehorse ownership. That's right Grace, with the bonus prize money up for grabs the Pink Bonus Series is a great initiative to get more women involved in racing making Inglis a fabulous partner to Ladies Who Punt. We can't thank them enough for supporting our podcast and the representation of women in the racing media.
1: Field is ready. They're racing in
0: the Oaks. Oh, hi there, everybody. And welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. My name is Fiona Blair and this is the podcast that aims to decode the sport of force racing one topic at a time and this is the final in my series of interviews. So while Grace has been away on holiday, my usual co-host, uh, I have been sitting down with a special guest every week to talk about a topic of racing and This is the final week, this is my final guest, and the topic this week is syndicators. So I'm going to be joined by the lovely, glamorous Shannon Putty, who is part of the Dream Thoroughbreds team, which is a registered syndicator, and she's going to help decode the topic of syndicators, because obviously you can form your own syndicate, but then there's these registered syndicators who you can buy a horse with. So understanding the difference is something that I'm, Keen to get more information on and also just hear about, you know, the process that Dream Thoroughbreds uses to select their horses, how they choose trainers, and how the experience of going through a syndicator is different from, you know, perhaps buying from a trainer outright. So uh, I'm really excited to sit down and chat with Shannon today and learn more about that. And I'm sure a lot of our ladies will be interested in hearing about this too, because so many of us are buying. Our horses through syndicators now. So I think being able to understand how their processes work and you know how they become registered syndicators will be quite interesting and also I think sort of important to understand as all of us become more engaged with this type of ownership experience. So we'll be joined by Shannon in a minute, but before we get into that, let's do my housekeeping because as I've said every week, this is something I've been trying to make a priority. So the first thing I need to tell you guys about today is that this will actually be our final episode just for a little bit. We're going to take a few weeks off um there's just a bit going on heading into the spring we've got a little bit in development for you guys so our next episode will be on august 31st and it's the perfect time to be coming back because that saturday is memsey Stakes day and that's the first group one of the racing calendar for the year so perfect time for us to be making a return to the mics And this spring, we're going to be really form heavy this year. So Grace and I have been chatting about how we want the episodes to look going into spring. And we think now that the podcast has been going for a while, you know, like 18 months, we've got a heap of back catalogue that people can go and listen to if they are keen to understand a topic of racing or form analysis in more depth. So we think now's the time where we can really just like focus on doing the form each and every week. So If you are going to be looking for winners during the spring carnival, make sure you tune in when we come back on August 31st, because that's basically what we're going to be doing until the end of spring carnival. We're just going to be focusing on decoding the fields, breaking down who's going well, who's maybe not going so well, and trying to solve the puzzle and find a few winners. So I hope you are all very excited about that. I know I certainly am. There's so much exciting racing coming up. So that will be August 31st. That will be back in your ears. So now for my regular housekeeping. If you are enjoying the Ladies Who Punt podcast and content, please make sure you are subscribed or following the podcast wherever you listen. Leave us a review while you are there. What that does is it helps other people with an interest in horse racing find the podcast and become a listener, which is very helpful to us. A couple of other things you can do is you can find us on socials, just look up Ladies Who Punt wherever you like to scroll and the last thing is a sign up to our Ladies Who Punt newsletter called Weekly Mail and there you will find a weekly deep dive into a topic of racing, some tips and form indicators from myself and Grace Our community black book which is really cool where we can follow each other's racehorses and cheer them home on the weekend and then a segment that's becoming more and more popular is our off the track recommendations where Grace and I share a piece of content that we've either been reading or listening to or watching on the tally with you that has nothing to do with racing it's just a good program or book. I also want to encourage everyone to send in some outfits for the fashion spotlight so Each week, we feature an outfit from one of our community members under our fashion spotlight section in our newsletter. And just by entering, which you can do by clicking the button on the newsletter, or you'll be able to find the link in the show notes of this episode. Just by entering an outfit, you go in the draw to win one of four handbags from handbag queen Karen. Uh, We will be drawing a name from the people who have entered through the months of August September, October, and November. So um, super exciting. I guess we'll announce our first winner when we come back on August 31st. But yeah, if you enter an outfit, you'll be in the draw to win one of four handbags. So uh, it's very easy to enter an outfit. You just fill out a Google form with a photo. And even if you're not featured in the newsletter, you'll still go in the draw. So uh, that's really cool. And we can't thank Handbag Queen Karen, enough for getting around our fashion spotlight section of the newsletter. Very cool. Well, I think that's about all of my housekeeping done for today, so I guess we better roll into the interview with Shannon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role Well, today I am joined by Shannon Putty from Dream Thoroughbreds. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. Let's start off with uh, a bit of background information on Dream Thoroughbreds. Tell us about your business.
1: So um, we set up Dream Thoroughbreds in 2010. Um, Part of the reason why we set it up was we'd had horses with other syndicators, other trainers, And we kind of just felt that there was a bit of a niche in the market that wasn't being covered. So um, we set up Dream with the intention to have a lot more females involved um, but also couples, you know, people that had uh, children had left home and they had some free time um, and money on their hands, people who hadn't yet had children, um, couples that would like to go to the races together. So we really wanted to set out to make it a, a real sort of couple experience um along with that kind of came the girls so the girls would come with the husbands and then the boys would have a share in a horse and the girls would realize that they actually loved it and then we syndicated our first girls horse in 2012 oh wow um, which was flirtatious yeah so we have been doing it a long time once we decided to go down the syndication path uh, my background is in a finance broker dave's uh, an accountant financial planner so we registered to get our um, SL licence um, which uh, gave us the capacity to register as a licence indicator. Um, so with that comes, you know, PDSs and all the legal requirements um, which is a lot of paperwork but I think it's um, very reassuring for the, for the consumer to actually buy something that they know is regulated. Um, and so, yeah, it grew from there. We started with Lee Friedman and Anthony Friedman um, at the time, they didn't have a syndicator, so that sort of attracted us to them, um, and we sort of hit the ground running. Obviously, having our first horses with Freedman's was a big bit of a coup, yeah. um, and a lot of people wanted to have horses horses trained by Lee and Anthony. So that was when they were at Markdale. We started with them, um, and then at, you know, at the moment, we have sort of fifty five horses. Um, you know, obviously babies, some coming to retirement, some running now um and we've had six or seven all girls horses throughout the journey so um it's been a lot of fun it's been you know a lot of functions a lot of social as you said a lot of social there's a long time between you know horses there's a lot of time that they're spelling as you're aware there's a lot of time in between races so we try and make sure that everyone can catch up as much as possible um a lot of you know the girls in particular and the boys have become really good friends through racing um, you know they would socialize outside of racing now um, and it's just created a really nice sort of club at, you know atmosphere we've tried to make it that um, if you own a share in one horse you still feel like you're part of the dream family yeah yeah um, with newsletters and updates that go to all the owners. So even if you've only got, one, say, one horse with Dream, you feel like you're you you know, you're heavily involved with all of them. So that's what we've sort of tried to create.
0: Yeah, thanks for giving us that overview of Dream Thoroughbred. So I guess, firstly, I want to talk to you about the difference between someone who's, like, setting up just a syndicate. So we have a Ladies Who punt syndicate. But what is the difference between having a syndicate and being a syndicator? So uh,
1: number one, we're licensed. Yeah um so that is obviously the AFSL license so basically every time we buy a horse um, we have to do a PDS for every single horse which goes out to the owners prior to them buying and that has to document all of the uh, costs associated so vets um freight um cost of the purchase um bloodstock agent costs any marketing advertising that sort of thing all of that has to be sent to um Racing Victoria, for them to sign off on it before we can advertise a share in a horse. Um, there is benefits. We can advertise prices of horses online. Um, if you're not licensed, you can't. Um, and I just think for some people's peace of mind, they've you know, they got that legal um, protection, I guess, around knowing that they're dealing with a, a licensed syndicator. Um, and also we get the backing of Racing Victoria. We're licensed in New South Wales and Queensland. Um, so obviously we go on their board as, um, licensed syndicators. So that's a, a, it's a good promotion for our business as well. If people are looking for licensed syndicators. Yeah. So someone might come to you, I
0: guess, like a few, like few people out there racing will get like a group of their girlfriends together and form their own syndicate, um, and then buy into a horse directly through a trainer. But if someone was just coming in on their own, but wanting to race with a group of people, they could come to you and, and have you know, a full, rather than set up the syndicate themselves and have all the paperwork, they just go straight to you and and you handle it all?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get, um, we've had girls in the past that have been with us for a long time, used to buy their own sort of shares and then they've realised that rather than, than buy, you know, every second girl's horse, they've decided that they want a little bit in everything. So they've set up their own syndicate, which we help them do. So their name's in the book under their syndicate but they get the enjoyment of lots of horses rather than, you know, 5% in one. They can buy 1% or 2% in, in all of them. Um, so we certainly can help with that. It, it can be quite painful, the paperwork, from an owner's point of view. So we do all of that sort of paperwork, setting up the syndicates and that sort of thing, registering all the names with uh, Racing Australia. Um, as you would know, the paperwork is full on. It's so crazy. Um, so, yeah. It, and it's so... Um, uh, outdated you know it's all handwritten yeah. paperwork and nothing's computerized then it's very time consuming very so time consuming a lot of people too yeah they don't understand what needs to sort of happen so we can certainly set them in the right direction mm. from that point of view yeah I've only
0: done like literally the syndication paperwork so far but I think at some point we might have to come up with colors and all that stuff I'm like just from setting up the syndicate oh. I'm like, this is a such a headache. <laughs>
1: It's it's a full time job, and even just naming a horse, you know, like you'd know that as well. It's like you 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 do your your checks, and you're like, that's available, and then you send it in, and they're like, no, you can't have that. (laughs) Um, you know, trying to get trying to get you know the paperwork back and add owners and that sort of thing. So we've sort of got it down pat now how we need to how we the processes work. Yeah, I bet Um, I bet you're way more efficient at it than I am. Uh, look, I think it's just second nature for us, but you've got to be very kind to the Racing Australia ladies because if they don't like you, you won't get anything that you want. That's amazing. That's We've so learned good. that the hard way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very good. So that's great for you to explain the difference between a, syndica- a syndicate and a syndicator. So when you guys are at the sales, making your selections – How does that process work? Do you have, like, an agent that you use or do you use a variety of agents? How do you make your your horse selections?
1: Yeah, so generally we've used uh, Lenny Russo from Bluegrass Bloodstock um, for the majority of our time. We have had times where Lenny may not have been there um you know and we will go to trainers as well to Mm -hmm. see what their thoughts are if we're thinking that we might you know that horse might be suited for that state or that sort of racing jurisdiction we will ask the trainers that we think that we're going to send the horse to um i know we've sent you guys a few horses so i know the boys there have helped us out as well um so it really just lenny generally does all the inspections with dave my partner um and then once we sort of narrow that down to what we like, obviously, license indicator. We have to have all the vets, uh, the vet checks done mm-hmm. prior to buying the mm-hmm. horse as well, which is another bonus. Um, if the vet checks come back okay, then obviously it's what we can go to auction and what we think that they're going to be worth. Yeah, but we will also always, generally, ask the trainer what they think of the horse because obviously, if they like the horse, you know, if they say I don't, I don't like the horse, then it's no uh, point know, they them have that horse. Bearing on the training, so. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, no, nah, I don't want that one. Um, it doesn't happen very often. No. But, um, yeah, we always like to get to get their feedback. And obviously um, the girls' horses are sort of picked a little bit differently. Yeah, um, they're right. a bit more price point. Mm-hmm. Um, we know just from experience what the girls like to sort of spend. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also learned that the hard way. Um, so... you know generally we sort of have the price points for the for the girls horses and you know we sort of know the trainers that they like to deal with as well um Amy Yagi and Ash Yagi have been amazing Mm. Uh, they've got the majority of our girls horses right cool um and yeah and we've got um Tony Golan in in Queensland that does some of our girls horses as well so when you first bought when you bought your first girl's horse were there any of the sort of incentives
0: around at that point you know like the magic millions bonus was that a thing or were you guys way ahead of the
1: the curve yeah yeah wow yeah there was no I remember having a conversation with Cassandra because I remember when the first magic millions bonus came out um and a lot of men were buying the horses and then transferring it into the girl's name yeah (laughs) Which really annoyed me, Um, because I was like, it's not genuinely getting women into racing. You know, I was really passionate about women. Yeah, and half the women that were named in the book probably didn't even know they had a racehorse. Yeah, Um, that had that has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many. I remember Flirtatious ran on Melbourne Cup Day, her first race. Wow. And there was, you know. 20 girls in the mounting yard race one we'd all been to the hairdressers and we were just like <laughs> couldn't believe we were running on melbourne Cup yeah Day, that's you know? awesome um it, it's definitely definitely changed when we were doing it um i think there'd only been one other kind of well-known horse i think it was called uh, promiscuous oh yeah yeah um that had been an all girl yeah had been an all-girls horse but We were lucky. We had the help of Emma Friedman Mm because obviously Lee trained it. Um, Emma got a lot of girls involved for us as well. That's so cool. Um, We got a lot of, you know, media publicity because of Emma as well, so that certainly helped the cause. Um, But, yeah, it's just been an absolute journey. We've we've travelled interstate. um, We've watched our horses run, you know, Big races, small races, no matter where we win, you know, the girls always absolutely have a good time.
0: Yeah, and just going and being a part of that experience. Like I think, you know, going as a race-goer and going as an owner is like two very different experiences at the races. And it's so – yeah, and it's so great seeing how well, you know, know, taken in this woman's racing, the bonuses, and like there's basically – most major trainers now yeah. have, you know, uh, multiple ladies horses on offer every year now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And look, from my point of view, um you know, we always sort of have the same girls that are involved, mm-hmm. but then those girls branch out. It's, I mean, it's the same with any syndication, I guess. But those girls tell their friends. One thing that we really wanted to make sure, and that's what I love about ladies, um, ladies who punt, is it's. No, there's no question that's stupid. There's no mm. question that, um, you know, you can't ask. Mm-hmm. It's a really safe, positive environment that you can come and say, you know, what's this mean? What's that mean? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think with the girls, you know, in, in mixed syndicates, sometimes they feel a little bit um, afraid to ask those questions. Yeah. Um, I'll always say to them to jump on your podcast if there's oh, things you. that they want to learn about. <laughs> the You know, the basic stuff. Yeah. because. We forget because we've been in the industry so long that we just take it for granted that we that what these yeah. terms that we use yeah. are. Yeah, so I really wanted to create a really safe space that that you could ask whatever you wanted to yeah. and that no no question was, um, you know, too silly.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing with women in racing too that I've noticed um, over, you know, starting this podcast is that there are women who have an interest in racing and want to be involved as an owner, but they might not have any girlfriends that feel the same or or share that hobby with them and they're looking for a group to join and I think you know like with what you guys are doing at dream thoroughbreds and girls go racing as well like one of your projects it's can making those connections for women so they go oh here's a bunch of ladies that I can race with and meet and have a good time because none of my you know girlfriends in my tight circle were actually
1: that interested. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Girls Go Racing was set up for that reason, that it was just lunches where you'd invite whoever you wanted and people felt safe to come on their own. So it wasn't like they had to come with two or three other girlfriends if they just wanted to come on their own. We strategically put people together on tables that had come on their own that we thought they'd get along with. And there's been some amazing relationships created, you know, out of that um i know you know some of the girls that we've had from day one you know their children and this is super important in racing but their children were sort of you know eight or nine coming to the races with their mum and dad Mm. and now they're 18 19 20 and they're buying shares in horses oh wow um so that's a really proud thing that i feel because a lot of the kids these days are very anti-racing yeah um and if we can do a little bit for those for those girls and guys who get on board and they can tell their friends about you know how much we love and care for the horses mm. and all the rest that goes with it. Um I think that's doing our bit for the for the racing industry because yeah. that's really what we've what we're going to have to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. We certainly need to be making way more sort of doing a lot more community outreach with with younger people and kids in terms of racing and and what yeah. the sport is what it actually is, not just what they're told it is, you know. Um,
1: so that's so yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah, education. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. look
0: at my own daughter and like I didn't grow up in a in a family that was into racing at all. Like they know nothing about racing. And I look at my own daughter who's like three now and and she just loves it. Like because I watch it and scream at the tally, like mm. she screams at the tally and it's just all a you know you're a product of your environment so I think getting kids in at that younger age to understand it is is really important so it's cool that you've seen that you know transfer into them being you know basically lifelong racing fans which is awesome
1: yeah yeah and I remember one of our um, bigger owners they surprised their daughter for her her 18th birthday with a share in the horse oh wow um and it was it was hissy fit and (sighs) we videoed we we screen timed her and videoed and and said happy birthday blah 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 and we said oh your mum and dad have bought you this share in this horse and we videoed it live and she was in tears oh you know it was so yeah it was it was just so nice to see that she'd grown up and she'd obviously responded positively to it yeah. you know the experience of going to the races she she really wanted to be involved so that was that was super special that's so
0: cool so I guess the next stage yeah. once you have selected your horses, Shannon, is to decide who trains them. So how do you figure that out? You've got quite a few trainers on your books. How do you mix and yeah. match the yeah. horses? So
1: um, Freedman's um, and Kieran Mara are probably our two biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, We, we send, uh, obviously with Lee going to Gold Coast and we have a, a great relationship and friendship with him. Um, we gave him some horses early on. Um, the bonuses in Queensland are so good. Oh, wow. Um, okay. so that that's... obviously anything that we buy to Queensland, yeah, they're huge bonuses yeah. in Queensland racing. Is that the QTIS? Um, that's what it's called it... up there?
0: Yes. Yeah, so that's our yes.
1: equivalent to Vobus. So we've got a horse. Vobus, exactly, yeah. yeah. So we've got a horse that we paid 20000 for Um which was obviously at the lower end of the scale. We sent it to Lee, and I think he's won about 400000 oh price money. And I think one hundred and twenty of that is been in bonuses. Wow, that's so cool. Um, so a lot of it does go, depend on, you know, where they're bred and which state we think we can sell them in. Um, obviously, some people like dealing with Tony Golan. some people like dealing with Lee Friedman. Right. I think you've got to have a mixture. Uh-huh. Um, and I know... Um, Ben and JD had asked us for a long time um, for horses. We are generally quite loyal, so we don't sort of have a, you know, a whole heap yeah. of different trainers. Yeah. But they wore it down, and we, um, and we do love the boys. And we had a lot of people ask us about when are you going to give the Hayes boys a uh. horse? So, um I think they've got. I think they've got two or three now. Yeah. So, cool. Um, it's nice. It's just it's catering you know obviously we need to have a good relationship with the trainer but it's catering to what the clients want yeah you know as well so um yeah that's it's uh you can't please everybody but we try and you know we try and remain loyal to the people that we have had horses with for a long time yeah yeah um but yeah there's, there's always people asking for a horse mm, that's so cool um now yeah, yeah.
0: the next thing i want to ask you about is the success you've had with dream thoroughbreds so far what have been the highlights since you started out
1: oh well we've had uh we haven't got the elusive group one yet but uh we ran we had a horse called mr sneaky yes uh who was our pride and joy yeah he ran second in a group one wow. santa and elaine oh when santa gosh. won her, his first uh race i uh, know he could have had the other four and just <laughs> let us have one um <laughs> But we had him, we had uh, Oma Mortal, who we've sold to Swetnam Stud. Wow. Um, he he won the Blue Diamond Preview and Prelude. Um, and then we sold him to Swetnam and he's now a stallion there. Wow,
0: that's so cool. Um,
1: and actually I think we've given, um, well, I know we've given one of his babies to you guys to train. Yes. So um, that's going to be very exciting to see Um him come through and we still have shares in him so mm-hmm. obviously we're hoping that he's that he's popular and successful mm-hmm. um we had fluorescent star who unfortunately passed away at uh, mooney valley mm. um which was very hard for the girls that were yeah. all there and that's the that's part of the lows of of racing yeah. but she was an absolute little jet for us yes. um and you know we loved her dearly Lots of Sue Sayer in in Queensland. Um, you know he's he's uh, Group Three plays twice. Um, we've got some great up and coming horses. We've got Gangitano, obviously, who's the girls' horse. Mm-hmm. Um, Hissy Fit, which is another girls' horse. Um, some some nice some nice horses sort of coming through at the moment. Um, we've got a nice Sue colt as well. Um, but having runners, we had Mister. So and so, who was a three-quarter brother to Mr. Sneaky. Oh yeah, nice. Um and we sold him to, yeah, we sold him to Hong Kong. Oh um, that's cool. So everyone was very happy with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was that was sort of at the time where we were like, do we sell? Yeah. I mean, that's always a question, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. hard. And we always always base that on a majority vote. Yeah, so in right. our in our um yeah, in our constitution it says that there, there has to be a majority vote. Um, which is fair for everybody. You know, some people always want to sell, some people never do. Mm. Um, but you have to sort of look ahead and and, and see that sort of thing. So, yeah, I to think, sell or not to sell, that's the question. Yeah, and having that opportunity to trade
0: doesn't come up very often either. Like they only really want the nice ones. So if you've got an offer on the table, it yeah. really says a lot about your horse. It's a, sort of a bit of an ego yeah. boost.
1: Um, but it sounds like you've been very... Off you go. At that time he was a he was a uh, he'd won an Achuka maiden. Oh wow after we got the offer. Yeah. Um sorry, before he got the offer. So we were kind of like, you know, we we had Mr. Sneaky at the same time who was running in group ones. Um so I mean, look, it's it's also hard because do you sell the horse to go and buy the same horse that you've possibly got? Yeah, that's so you true. What I mean? Like it's kind of
0: Or <laughs> well, do you stay on the, the journey? And then you're
1: like, okay.
0: And what are the yeah, chances of finding one so, like that again?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So for you, for your brand, I think you you know you you want to race them as off as much as you can for your brand, but you know it's also good for the brand if if people buy in on a ninety thousand dollar horse and you know sell it for over a million. So, yeah. um good. there's a fine line. You can't keep everyone happy, but. But as long as the majority are happy, then that's all we can do.
0: Yeah, and it gives them the opportunity to buy into another horse. And it sounds like you're selecting the right horses because, you know, you've been very close to that Group 1 success multiple times, which is very exciting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We, um, you know, just, I remember when when Mrs. Sneaky ran in the Rupert Clark and we were, you know, I think we were a $9 chance and I think Santa Elaine was $40 and we were like, are we going to get in? And we weren't sure we were on the cusp. Uh, and then just to be there in the mounting yard for a Group 1 and have a runner was just, um, like, you know, another level. Yeah. And we were so proud of him. We we were like, if he runs top five, we'll be so happy. And then he led all the way up the straight almost until the till the winning post. But um, we were just so, so proud. I've never been so happy to run second ever. Um. <laughs> And even the Blue Diamond, when we ran in the Blue Diamonds, you know, um, going and doing the barrier draw and oh, all of yeah, that sort of, course. of thing. You know? I mean, all that build-up is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. And you're right when you say having going to the races and owning a horse is just completely different. Totally different, you know, yeah. To be part of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it just
0: means so much more and the adrenaline rush is so much higher. It's just crazy. It's electric, isn't it, that feeling? I
1: was, I, I was saying to the girls before the race on Saturday, I'm like, this is not fun. This is so nerve-wracking. This is not fun. Why um, do we do this to and ourselves? I think the girls are, yeah, mm. I know. This is torture. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, especially with the girls' horses, we just want them to get home safely. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the girls aren't in it for the, you know, obviously we want to win, but they're happy that the horses are safe and come home and, you know, most of us, I know for me I wouldn't even have a dollar on them because I'm too nervous and I I get distracted and I'm like freaking out.
0: That's like me. Um,
1: So, yeah, it's often not about the punt for the girls.
0: No, no, just about the experience. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So, Shannon, we've spoken a bit about Dream Thoroughbreds now and I want to understand more like for someone who's looking to, you know, become an owner, what is the experience that they can have through a syndicator like yourself versus bind from you know directly from a trainer what would be the difference there yeah
1: look I think um we do um you know we do newsletters with updates on every week with updates on where our horses are at who's running the results we've had that sort of thing we do do a lot of functions so we do a cup day function every year which has just grown and grown and grown um we do a spring preview so we try and do a lot of functions where you can actually meet the trainers yeah so Obviously, outside of stable visits, Um, we did a stable visit down at Mornington on Sunday morning, but we'll have a, you know, hire out a venue and we'll have as many trainers as we can get there. We know it's difficult, but we'll have as many trainers. So you can just have a beer, you know, have some finger food and just talk to different trainers. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're all in the same room. You know, some people would have a horse, you know, may have a horse with with Hayes and a horse with Freedman. So... They can actually be in the same room as them. And it's Don't a more casual old. environment. Mm. They're not stressed out at the stables and busy and yeah. staff and all of the rest of it. Yeah. You know, and if you get give them a few too many beers, you can get some good mail out of them as well. <laughs> um, but it's it's um yeah, it's just you gotta have you gotta have the connection. And I really like the fact with Dream that we it is like we have a WhatsApp group for every horse, but yeah. then we have a WhatsApp social group. Mm-hmm. So we talk about footy and we talk about this horse is running and you know, there might be a relative of a horse that we've got and someone will put on, you know, the relative is running or it's really a um, you know, whenever a horse wins, that dream social group goes off. You know, there might be five hundred people on that group. Wow. Um so I really I really am proud of the sort of community that we've yeah. that we've got. Um, and especially with the girls, the girls that have been in it for a long time are so welcoming to new girls. That's so you know, great. they know what it's like when yeah. they started. Yeah. Um, you know, we all get together at the races, all in our pink. Um, <laughs> all get a table, all sit together, all you know, yeah. all party together if we win or lose or whatever the case is. So, I think um, the number one thing is don't feel um, nervous or scared. Mm. Um, you know, if people are looking to get into a syndicate, they don't have to spend a lot of money. Mm. Um, you can, you can get in it with friends or you can get in it on your own. Some things we say to some owners is people might have 20% that they want to buy in a horse, but they've never owned a horse before. Yeah. Sometimes we'll say to that person, you're better off buying 5% in four horses yep. or 10% in two horses to spread the, spread the fun. Yeah. Um, one might be spelling while the other one's racing um so just advice like that I think uh you don't have to spend a lot of money you don't have to know anything about it but if you're just willing to socialize with people and learn um I think you just have the best time ever
0: yeah that's that's totally it. and it sounds like you know yeah your your community is absolutely thriving and that's not an easy feat to put together a community and and keep it humming at that high level so i can understand the work that goes into that for you and and dave um
1: yeah and look we we love it too it's our it's our passion um you know we obviously both still have have businesses so um we love it it's it is a lot a lot of work but it's it's um something that we love mm-hmm. um we love being social we love getting new people into racing we love going to the races um we've got runners in Queensland Dave will be there I'll be here or you know he normally gets the good gigs and I get the <laughs> Melbourne gigs um but yeah we just work it out and it's just um we've been together so long now that it's just it's just what we do on a weekend and uh, you know if we're at the races on a Saturday we'll be at the stables visiting horses on a Sunday so um it's not kind of like work to us because we love it so much yeah
0: it's just part of your life that's so cool Um, So, Shannon, thanks so much for chatting to us today about Dream Thoroughbreds and being a syndicator. Where can people find you if they want to connect with
1: you? Sure. So they can go on to our website, which is dreamthoroughbreds.com.au. Obviously, we're on Instagram. uh, So Dream Thoroughbreds is Live the Dream Now. And my Instagram is shannon.putty. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all the normal scenarios. Um, Dave's number is on the website, so is mine. So even if people have just got questions, basic stuff that they want to know, just reach out to us and the more people we can get into racing, the better. Cool. Thank you so
0: much for sitting down and chatting with me today. It's been uh, real fun.
1: Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for having me. (laughs)
0: Very cool to be able to sit down with Shannon today. She is certainly a force to be reckoned with within the racing industry. She really epitomizes that hardworking, driven, passionate woman uh, who's just like kicking goals within the industry. And I love it. I love it. Well, everyone, that is it for a few weeks. And that's actually the official end of my interview series. I hope you've enjoyed them. I've tried to bring, you know, a range of guests doing different things and uh, I'm just so thankful that I've had so many fantastic, smart, hardworking women to interview about really interesting topics. You know, breaking in, handling stallions, post racing welfare, syndicators, and millinery too with Lizette. So we've covered a whole variety of topics. And yeah, just so thankful that these women were able to share their time with me and sit down and chat with me. And I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, listening in but for now that's us for a few weeks we will be back in your ears august 31st grace will be back yay and uh just keep looking out for our weekly mail newsletter if you aren't receiving it into your inbox um just check your spam folder usually it's hiding in there and mark as not spam and hopefully from then on it'll head straight into your inbox Keep looking out for that because I think there might be a few exciting announcements while we're away. Well, until then, everyone, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss sitting down and recording for you each and every week. But it is that time of year where we need to just step back, regroup, get ready for a very big spring. And I can't wait until we're chain again. It's going to be Group 1 Racing that Saturday, the Memsies Stakes. So go well and I will be back in your ears very soon.